want to invite Joshua to come on forward and lead us in our scripture reading today. Morning, church. Um, today's scripture reading is from Psalm and Colossians. It's a very beautiful passage. Uh, Psalm 147, uh, verse 1 to 11. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our God, our Lord, and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He cast the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanks and with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Amen. Thank you, Joshua. So good morning, everyone. Good to see you. As we mentioned, we'll have kids in here today. It might be a bit noisy. It might be a bit distracting, but that's how family is. I don't know if you've been to a family dinner with kids lately. It is noisy and distracting, but that's part of what being a family is all about. So we're going to uh, have a shorter sermon today. Hopefully, kids, I might need your help at a couple points in the sermon. So I need you to, to pay attention and listen up. Uh, and while we have the kids in sermon today, I wanted us to think about why we do what we do as a church. You know, there are, there are certain things that we do as a church that maybe you're just like, that's a little weird, but it's how all churches do it, so whatever. And we don't really stop and think about why we do what we do as a church. Even if you've grown up in church your whole life and you're an adult now, it can be important to just step back and ask the question like, why do we do that? Because most of the things we do as a church, we try to have a really good reason for doing it and for doing it the way we do it. But if we never stop to ask why, we might never realize the reason and we might miss out on opportunities to connect with God and with one another as we do these things. So hopefully, whether you're a kid or an adult, Taking some time to talk about why we do what we do as a church can be really helpful and encouraging and beneficial. So today we're going to start by talking about singing. Have you ever wondered why is it that when we get together on Sunday mornings, we sing together? Like unless you really enjoy singing and it's a hobby of yours and you like join a choir or go to karaoke with your friends, there aren't that many things in normal day-to-day -day life, outside of like church services and Christian activities, where singing is a really big, central, prominent part of what we're doing. Right? Like I'm guessing most of you, you don't show up for like 
a staff meeting at the office and have the boss be like, all right, we're going to sing together today. That would be weird. And yet every time we get together as a church family, we sing, and not just one song, but lots of songs together. Why do we do that? And just to note, notice I'm talking about singing as a church, not singing at church, because church is the people, not a place. So today we're going to talk about why do we sing as a church? And what we'll see is that there are lots of good reasons for Christians to sing together. We'll see one wrong reason, and then a few right reasons. Singing celebrates, singing helps us remember, singing spreads God's word, and singing makes our joy complete. But first, we're going to pray. Father, we thank you for today, for this chance to worship you together with our children and to have them here in service. We pray that this would be an encouraging and blessing time for the adults and the kids, and that we would grow more deeply in our understanding of how to worship you and serve you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we look at right reasons to sing, I just want to touch on one wrong reason to sing to clarify any potential misunderstandings. As a church, we don't sing in order to earn God's love or to prove that we are good Christians. We don't sing in order to earn God's love or to prove that we're good Christians. The Bible is clear that, that worship isn't just the thing about singing on Sunday mornings. It's actually an all of life thing. It's living in a way that shows that God is worthy and valuable. And so the Bible is clear. If we live throughout the week in a way that's just focused on ourselves and what we want to do that ignores God, and then we show up on Sunday morning and we sing at the top of our lungs and we put our hands up in the air, that doesn't like balance out and undo the life that we've lived throughout the week. Actually, when, when we do that, God says that our, our songs sound like a, a squeaky wheel on a trolley to him. The other day, Justine and I were walking along the walkway and we had our stroller with us and we just heard this squeaky wheel. And I was like, shoot, we have to fix the stroller. And then we looked over and it was actually some guy in front of us with his trolley. And we were like, we have to speed up and get away from this guy because that is such an annoying sound. That's what God hears when we sing, if we're living lives opposed to him, and then we show up at church on Sunday and sing at the top of our lungs. Actually, this exact situation was happening with the Israelites in the book of Amos. They were living their own way, doing whatever they wanted throughout the week, and then they'd show up at their worship services and they would sing at the top of their lungs to God. And God tells them, take away from me the noise of your songs. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. He's like, shut your mouths. I don't want to hear your singing if you're not actually living for me. He's saying if your life throughout the week doesn't match the songs you sing to him, he listens to your life, not your song. If you want God to hear your song as something beautiful, it's not first and foremost about the quality of your voice. It's first and foremost about the quality of your life. So we don't sing to make God love us. We don't sing to prove we're great Christians. And if that's the case, then why do we sing? And the first thing we see is that we sing because singing celebrates. We don't sing to make God love us but we do sing to celebrate the fact that he already loves us, right? We all know that, that singing is something we use to celebrate. Even if you're someone who doesn't sing, say that you're a, a real manly man sports fan. I don't sing. 
but you go to watch your team play. And during a break in play, they play that, that classic sports anthem, Sweet Caroline. What are you going to do as that song plays? You're going to shout out, so good, so good, so good, right? Why? Because you're celebrating. I'm at the game. My team is playing. I'm cheering them on. That's what we do. That's how we celebrate. Or if you're falling in love with someone, what's one of the things that people will often do to celebrate the person they're falling in love with? They'll sing them a song. Or kids. What's one of the main ways that we celebrate birthdays? Kids, you know this. A birthday song, yeah. Happy birthday to you. We all know we sing to celebrate in life. That's what we do as humans. And, and sports teams and being in love and birthdays, those are all good things to celebrate. But how much more worthy of celebration is our God? Like, he created us. He used his power to, to make us and give us life. That's worth celebrating. And he didn't just create us, he rescued us. The Bible tells us that even though we all owe God perfect obedience because he created us and he's our king, we disobeyed him. And that disobedience deserves death. But in Jesus, God came to the earth as a person. He died in our place, the death that we deserved. And because of that, we can have forgiveness. We can have new life. We can have a relationship with God. That's far more worthy of celebration than anything else. That's why Psalm 92 verse 1, it says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Because he made us, he rescued us, it's good to celebrate him. And Psalm 147.1 that we just read, says, Praise the Lord, for it's good to sing praises to our God, for it's pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. It's good to sing to God, because singing celebrates, and God is more worthy of being celebrated than anything or anyone else. So we sing to celebrate, but that's not the only reason we sing. We also sing because singing helps us remember. Now, I have a question for the adults and like high school students. How many of you, when you were in school, learned the quadratic formula in math class? <laughs> All the high school students know. If you're an adult, my guess is if you're an adult and your hand is not up, you did learn the quadratic formula. You've just never used it and you forgot that you actually learned it because it's just played such a small role in your life, right? I learned, the, even if you did learn it, how many of you remember it? Okay, the high school students who have had to learn it within the past two years remember it. None of the adults remember it. I learned it half my lifetime ago and I still remember it. And you know why? Because when they taught it to me, someone put it in the form of a song and I cannot get that stupid song out of my head. X equals negative B plus or minus the square root of B squared minus four AC all over two A. It sticks, right? <laughs> Singing and putting stuff in music form helps us remember it. Right? And it's not just math formulas, it's kids' lessons too, right? There's this TV show called Daniel Tiger. Anyone watch it? They have some great songs. They have a song about sharing. You can take a turn and then I'll get it back. Guess what our older son says to his younger brother when he wants to share something that the younger brother is playing with it? I can take a turn and then you'll get it back. 
we learn things that stick with us through singing. And it's not just math formulas and kids' lessons about sharing. It's, it's true with God's word too. There are songs, Bible verses set to music that I learned when I was five that I could still sing to you today because we remember things when they're set to music. And remembering God's word is super important because it helps us live it out. Did you know that in the book of Deuteronomy, 13 times the Israelites are commanded to remember what God has done for them? 13 times, because remembering what God has done is essential if you want to live as his people properly in the world. I mean, think about it. If you say that last week in your Bible reading, you read Romans chapter eight, these verses that talk about how if God is for us, who can be against us, how he's working all things for our good. And then you go to work this week and you're just having a tough week. How likely are you to remember what you read a week ago in Romans eight about God's goodness and how God is for us? Not very, but we just sang this song, God is for us. It's that exact verse set to music. How much easier is it to remember that song? Hey, God is for us. Life and death can't separate us from God's love. So even in the midst of my difficult week, I can sing for joy. I can have hope. When we remember God's truth, it helps us to live properly, even in difficult times. And singing God's word helps us to remember God's truth. In Psalm 18, the author, he's listing out all the things God has done for him. And then in verse 49, he says, for this, I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations and sing to your name. Why bother taking all the things God has done and setting them to music? Yes, to celebrate God's work like we just discussed, but also to help you remember because singing it helps us remember and remembering what God has done for us is essential if we want to live for him. The third reason we sing is that singing spreads God's word. It's not just that it helps us remember God's word and celebrate him. It actually helps us to teach God's word to others. Did you know that? That's actually one of the reasons that when we, when we come here and we gather together, we all sing together because you singing these songs with me in the room helps me learn it. Me singing these songs with you in the room helps you learn it. This is why in Colossians 3.16, Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. See, it's really powerful to put your headphones in and listen to your Christian music and sing along. That's great. If you do that, that's wonderful. But it's even more powerful if you show up here on a Sunday morning together with your brothers and sisters and you sing along with us here because it doesn't just help us celebrate and remember. When we do it together, it helps us spread that message to one another. And it works in our homes. Parents, if you teach your kids songs about God and you sing songs about God to your kids, it helps them learn about his truth. And it's not just true in the church. I never realized before this week, the Bible several times talks about singing as a way of spreading God's word to the world that doesn't know him yet. Did you know that? That the Bible talks about singing as a means of doing mission. So Psalm 96, one through three, 
It says, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. If we want to tell the people in the nations who don't know God who he is and what he's done, what's one of the best ways to do it? Sing it. Or in Isaiah 12:5, it says, sing praises to the Lord for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. We, we let the world know what God has done by singing about it. Or in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, uh, children, do you remember Paul and Silas? They're in prison. And what did they do all night long while they were in prison? Do you remember? They were singing. Yeah. And we're told in verse 25, about midnight, they were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Now, I could be wrong, but my guess is if Paul and Silas had stood up and started preaching a sermon in the prison at midnight about how great God is, most of the other prisoners would have fallen asleep. But they didn't do that. They were singing. And as they were singing, the other prisoners were listening and they were hearing the truths about God. And they were so transformed by what they heard that when all of a sudden all of their chains fell off, no one got up to walk out. That's some powerful transformation from hearing some songs in the prison. God uses our songs to teach people who don't know him yet about who he is. Now, that's actually a really powerful challenge for us too because songs are powerful for helping us remember and for teaching others about God. That means we've got to be singing the right songs because if we're singing the wrong songs that teach false things about God, those are the things that are going to stick. But if we're singing the right songs that teach truth about God, that's going to help people, ourselves and the people around us to know him and be able to follow him more deeply. And then the fourth thing we see is that singing makes our joy complete. Now I have a question. When you read the Bible and you hear these verses commanding us to praise God and celebrate God, do you ever feel like, oh, God's a little bit full of himself? Why would, why would he keep telling us to do this? He, he might not be a fun person to be around if he's so obsessed with us just praising him like this. If you feel that way, I want you to imagine this scenario with me. Imagine someone comes up to you, your favorite band is coming to town, and someone's like, here, I know you love this band. Here are tickets for you to go see them. And you're like, yes! But they say, but here's the thing, I know you love this band so much. I want you during the concert to be 100% free to just enjoy the show without any distractions. So here's what the condition is if I give you these tickets. If I give you these tickets, you cannot sing along to any of the songs. You cannot dance. You cannot clap. You have to just sit there in your seat, free of any distractions, so you can completely and fully enjoy the experience of being there. Would you be more or less excited to go to that concert if you had those conditions? Children, would you be more or less excited? Less. Everyone's saying less. You don't want to do it because singing along and clapping and dancing is part of the joy of being there live in person. Part of what makes it so fun to, to see them is the chance to celebrate with them. 
And it's the same with God. We might tend to see these commands to praise and celebrate as a burden, but they're not. They're actually a gift to make our joy complete. Our appreciation of God and his goodness to us actually becomes deeper when we get to express it in song. We see in Psalm 30, 11 through 12, it says, you've turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Notice they don't say, God, you've done these wonderful things to me, but now you're forcing me to praise you. Come on. No, they're like, you've done these wonderful things for me, and now I get to praise you because by praising you, my joy and excitement about what you've done becomes even deeper. We sing because if we don't sing, we miss out on part of the joy of following Jesus. But by singing, we get to experience that joy more deeply. And there are lots more reasons we sing as a church, but we don't have time to cover all of them today. Hopefully this is a good start. We don't sing to earn God's love. We don't sing to prove that we're great Christians, but we sing to celebrate because our God is worthy of celebration. We sing to help us remember because remembering what God has done is is essential for living as his people. We sing to spread God's word to one another and the world around us because the people around us need to hear this truth as well. And we sing because singing makes our joy complete. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the gift of music and the opportunity to sing to you, to celebrate you, to remember you, to share your word, and to experience deeper joy in you as we sing. I pray that you would give us hearts that sing your praises each day, that remember who you are, that celebrate you. In Jesus' name. Amen.